Welcome back to another episode of the Two Smoking Microphones podcast. And I would just like to start this podcast by apologising for something that happened in the ad that we released at the beginning of uh, last week. And it's something that we just can't we just can't get over. But um, we have to we have to acknowledge it, and then we have to move on as quickly as possible. Harry said Jupiter ascending. Not once did we talk about Jupiter ascending. So you know, you know what though. Jupiter Ascending is better than Jupiter's Legacy, so I stick with what I said. Harry lied and to if you. Don't all, like it, and I I lied to you all. And I edited it, and I did I did notice it, <clears throat> and I was gonna was gonna do a joke where I just recorded my voice just going Jupiter's Legacy, and then put it over it. <laughs> I noticed it as soon as we put it up. As soon as I got ready to put it up, as soon as I was I... like I'm just not gonna say anything. No, yeah, I noticed. I noticed it as soon as I put it into the thing. I think I noticed it when you said it. I don't know if I did though. <laughs> I think to I was... be honest, I think I noticed it when I said it as well. But I didn't want to go back on it. <laughs> but yeah, welcome, welcome back. I'm Connor as always. And I'm Harry. Hello. Hope you're all well. Oh, Jesus. So, do you want to talk about Jupiter ascending? Jupiter ascending? No. Yeah, it's alright. I don't. I've never seen it, and I don't plan to. Eddie Redmayne's all for it, though. I've heard. Just, just. Like absolute dog shit in that film. I uh, have heard. Um, How are you? Are I'm, you well? I'm alive. That's as best as it can be at the moment. Oh, I feel that, man. <laughs> really, truly feel that. Um, but I guess we could we could follow on from a theme of last week, and uh, we've got a new segment we're going to call uh, "Knives Out, Cast Out." <laughs> <laughs> because um, two new cast members were announced, starting with Academy Award nominee Leslie Odom Jr. Brilliant actor. I have actually not seen him. In, actually, no, that's a lie. I've seen him in two things because I've, I've got his Wikipedia open. Um, he's in uh, the 2017 Murder on the Orient Express, blah, 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 which is oh, is not, he, oh yeah, a, he's, he's uh, a Abbot Not Abbot Not. I don't know how you say that name. Doctor Arbut not something like that. I don't know. I yeah. I did we did watch that film, but I don't know how to say that name. Um, and he was also in the 2012 Lucasfilm production Red Tails. Was he really? Mm-hmm. Never seen that. I don't. I I've heard like bad things about it since, but I didn't mind it when I first watched it. I've only seen him in uh, Murder on the Orient Express and Hamilton. Yeah, I've not seen Hamilton. The thing about Red Tails um, is apparently uh, Anthony Hemingway was the director, but like at some point George Lucas took over. Oh, like apparently, like it's not—he's not credited as a director. He's not credited at all. I don't think. Maybe he's credited as an executive producer, but like because it's Lucasfilm. Yeah. But apparently, at some point, um, he took over direct. Yeah, took over. He t- took over direction of reshoots. That's it. Um, and apparently Lucas covered the cost of production with his own money Lucasfilm have a tendency to do that with a lot of their films I've started to notice well they got a lot more money now than they you know did <laughs> before oh no yeah, yeah. Uh, but this, Sorry, was, this yeah, was this was sure. this is specifically George Lucas covered the cost of production with his own money yeah and provided a further 35 million dollars for distribution also, actually, that's something on on the topic of George Lucas. I found recently. I might link it to you. I don't know if you've seen it before, but there's like a video that people have put up of like a couple of three people reading a transcript of like um, writing sessions or like 
brainstorming sessions for Raiders of the Lost Ark. Like it's an actual tra it's an actual transcript that exists uh, of a, a converse of conversations over a few days uh, between George Lucas, Steven Spielberg, and Lawrence Kasdan. Oh shit! Yeah, send that to me. Like I watched it yesterday, and it's it's really interesting that like to hear their how they talk about the film and how they come up with ideas and then how they'd be like, oh, then we could set this up earlier on in the film, kind of. And, you know, it's like, oh, wow, they're actually, like, it's almost like I'm realising they're actually really good filmmakers when, of course, they're good filmmakers. <laughs> George, no, I mean, of course, yeah. It's George Lucas, Steven Spielberg, and Lawrence Kasdan. Like, that's, um, that's, that's, that leads me to, to a question I want to ask you, actually, in relation to that, is are you of the opinion that Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is a terrible film? I can't watch it. Like, it just—it's a bit boring compared to the others. But I haven't rewatched any of the Indiana Jones films for a long time. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is the one that's always on TV. Yeah, I rewatched it. I want to say the start of the very first lockdown last year, and when I went into watching it, I was a bit like, eh. you know, I've, I've, my opinions changed over time. Because when it first came out, I loved it, and I was in school, and I read the, I read the book, and the, the you know, they did movie novelizations and all that. I ha yeah, I have the uh, first three movie novelizations. Somewhere. Yeah, and then, and um, I went to watching it, going, oh, "I'm probably not going to enjoy this as much." But I actually came out going, "You know what? People shit on it far too much. It's not amazing. Don't get me wrong." And I can't, but especially when people were like, "Oh, yeah, I can't believe you did aliens at the end." Yeah, but in the first one, in Raiders of the Lost Ark, it's all about spirits melting your fucking face off. Like, if you, if the second you, one, yeah. If you go Temple back to Doom, um, uh, when this is actually talked about in the transcript thing. Uh, when Steven Spielberg first talked about the fact that him and George Lucas were collaborating, they called it. They called. He said they were collaborating on a sci-fi. Um, and then when they talk about making the film, they're like, "We want it to be realistic." <laughs> Come the fourth one, and there's aliens. <laughs> I know, but then I think like, it. Oh, God, aliens, no, then, I think it fits. Sorry, but like, I think aliens yeah? fit. Like, <laughs> right? And I mean, you have the whole, you know, the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark and the start of. Uh, King of the Crystal Skull, you know, the um, I can't remember what the actual area is called, it might be Area 51 actually, but you know, with all the boxes you have all that kind of element, and then Temple of Doom, a guy just rips out another guy's fucking heart, like Yeah, no, Temple of Doom's like got, gets a lot of flack nowadays because of, you know, some of its cultural representation and stuff like that Yeah um, We should definitely, I think we should definitely cover Indiana Jones before Indiana Jones 5 I do want to rewatch them at some point. I used to like uh, uh, Temple of Doom a lot more than the others, but I I don't know now anymore. I think if I'm remembering, like if I'm going in through my memories, <laughs> I yeah. of the films because I haven't seen them in such a long time. I think the Last Crusade is probably my favorite. That or the first See, one. Yeah, Raiders of the Lost Ark is on my um, top ten films. I love Raiders of the Lost Ark, but um, I do I do. I, when I was growing up, I used to love Temple of Doom because um, it was more. I don't know. It felt. I felt. I don't know what it was about it. To be fair, but but looking back, my my dad was always a massive fan of the Last Crusade, um, and me and him used to watch that together every now and again. So I do have a soft spot for the Last Crusade. But I don't know. There's just nothing like the first one for me. Mm. Even though if you take India out of the film. It doesn't change. Yeah, I, I do but, like that that theory. That, that was not a theory. That thing when people say, "Yeah, if you took him out of the film, absolutely nothing would change. The Nazis would still find the Ark. They would still open it, and their faces would still melt. The only thing that would change is the Americans wouldn't have it at the end." I mean, he's a hundred percent going to fight Nazis in the fifth one, isn't he? 
I don't know what they're gonna do with that. Like he's it's modern day or not modern not modern day. Sorry, I meant he he's older now is what I meant to say. Um, yeah, the rumor the rumor is it's gonna take place in the sixties, a few years after Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I don't see how that's gonna work. Harrison Ford looks so much older now. Yeah, I know. Like, but I mean, when I... he he did a presentation for an award at the Oscars, and when he came out on stage, I was like, "Fuck, he looks older than he did when he was in Star Wars: Force Awakens." Like, so much older yeah. now. <laughs> he, he really looks it, doesn't he? But like, I was talking to someone at work, a friend at work, and um, I was like, "Cause it's James Mangold. Could you imagine uh, if it's just called Indie and the, <laughs> the poster? It's just gonna be his hand." Holding the uh, his fedora, and then if it's a motion poster, he just slowly drops it to the floor, <laughs> and then the trailer will be to Johnny catches hurt like in Logan. It's already been done though. I mean, <laughs> someone will make that. You... Someone will make an edit like that. Well, like you said this week as well, Boyd Holbrook is going to be in Logan. It. Yeah, yeah, I remember he's hearing in that. Five, he? Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen him in much yeah. other than Logan, so. You know what? No, I'm very excited. Yeah, that'll be good. Um, yeah, no, send me that. Send me the video to that that um, yeah, transcript. Pop. That'd be that'd be really good. Um, the people they've got reading them don't sound anything like George Lucas and all that, but it's fine. No, yeah. Um, it's still a good video. I liked it. Um, it'll be my liked videos, won't it? Because I did like it. Uh, it won't be my history because I've watched a lot since. He's watched so much porn, everyone. Oh no, I didn't like the video <laughs> on YouTube. I've been watching Harry shut up. Speaking of speaking of um, YouTube porn. Oh no, this this is this... actually related to stuff we talked about. It's weird. Right? Oh god. Did you did you did you see the leaked image of uh, the Riddler from from the Batman? No, because I don't go looking for leaks typically. So no, I haven't. Oh no! He, he so it wasn't really a leak, but it was a um, the twenty twenty two calendar that they're releasing towards the end oh, of the right. year. Um, and obviously in the calendar is is a photo of the Riddler, but um, people have compared it to looking like he's wearing a gimp mask. I mean, don't he's, we can we get a little bit of his look in the trailer anyway? And he does kind of look like that anyway. Like, yeah, um, it just made me laugh. But fair enough. That, I don't know how that's linked to porn. Gimp mask. It's more fetish no. stuff than porn. I would say I don't. I haven't seen oh. much. I'm not. Let's not. Let's not touch that. Um. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't sure where else to categorize it as. I mean, I have got something to link to the to Batman though. Well, we haven't. Well, we also haven't done the the other casting news for Knives Out. <laughs> oh, of course. While I apologize, let's get I've back to just, that. Just sent you that link. Oh yeah, I was wondering what that noise was. Wicked. Yeah, um, I watched that after the show. I didn't realise the video was like nearly half an hour long. I watched all of that. <laughs> um, yeah. Also, that. also cast in Knives Out. We get to it nearly ten minutes later. Um, is Kate Hudson? Yeah. Known casting. known for she was in Marshall, uh, Deepwater Horizon, Kung Fu Panda Three, um, and probably oh, other things. I'm not going all the way back to see everything she was in, but yeah, she was in. She's been in stuff. Uh, she will also be in uh, the second Knives Out movie. Very exciting. Very exciting. So excited for she so is. Excited for she is the daughter of Bill Hudson and Goldie Hawn, which makes her Wyatt Russell's half brother. 
They've got. Well, it makes her Wyatt Russell's half brother. Yeah, they've got this. They've got the same mother. Yeah, but wouldn't she be his half sister? I meant. I, I read Wyatt Russell and half brother. That's what I'm. So yeah, you know. Oh, okay. You know what I meant. I just read it the other way around. It's fine. Um, but yeah, um, I don't remember her in Deepwater Horizon or Marshall, but I like those films. So. Yeah, Deepwater Horizon's pretty good, actually. Pretty good. We, we loved it. <laughs> yeah, true. I I've only seen it the once, though. Yeah, I know. I think it, it is one of those films where you do only just watch it once, really. Yeah. It's a good film because it's one of those. It's that film when, like, when shit hits the fan, it just goes off, and it's like the film's incredible from then on, like, because it just doesn't stop. But yeah, that's yeah. that's the cast casting news. Very nice, very nice. So, um, you had something you said related to the Man of Bat. I do. So, did you hear this week that they've uh, announced a new Batman animated series called Batman Caped Crusader? Yes. Um, <laughs> it's going to be the team of Bruce Tim, who was uh, directly involved in Batman the Animated Series. But it's also going to have J.J. Abrams and the Batman director Matt Reeves uh, involved as well as producers yeah I remember seeing that yeah so that's pretty exciting people are saying it could sound a bit it sounds a bit like a spiritual successor to Batman the Animated Series um, plus the, the primary image they released for it um, is quite is quite reminiscent of it um, especially with the font so yeah that's quite exciting there's a, oh yeah, I didn't, I didn't. That's kind of a font that has been used for Batman stuff a lot, though, hasn't it? Like even like since the Batman animated series as well, and also I mean the look is very classic Batman as well. Like he's got like the the, yeah. the big ears that kind of go out a little bit. Yeah, his ears are fucking huge, aren't they? Well, it's like looks more like a bat to be fair. Yeah, but you're not wrong. Um, that's interesting. But yeah, um, I still need to rewatch the Batman animated series. I've got all of it on Blu-ray. I haven't ever seen it. I've always wanted to watch it, but I've never actually watched it. People say also saying it's a spiritual successor. There was already a successor. It's called Batman Beyond. It's literally a sequel series. <laughs> so I mean, you know what I mean? No, yeah. It's kind of like bringing that um, kind of animated feeling to the to the newer audiences, I guess. Yeah, and that is like the best. I that's that's the era of Batman I remember mostly. Like I still remember some of the old class cartoons, but none of them stood out to me as much as the animated one did. That one. You know, the one that's called Batman the Animated Series. <laughs> yeah. I didn't really get to watch a lot of Batman animated stuff growing up. There was a few. Mainly on Cartoon Network, so... Uh, yeah, I was I was always like X-Men and Spider-Man and um, like the 90s ones that's on Disney+. Plus. I started re-watching them both, actually. Pretty good. Still hold up. Mm. Story-wise. <laughs> Um, but moving swiftly on, I haven't got. I haven't actually got that much news like you. I haven't seen um, it. Not like me. We we, we just went on a tangent. <laughs> we we had to, I had, I could have just said two people were cast in a film and that was it. <laughs> like uh, the other thing I thought was quite interesting though, uh, they confirmed the Tatler Block too. Oh yeah, they did, Joe didn't Cornish they? Is, yeah, Joe Cornish is returning to direct. John Boyega is returning to star, but he's also going to executive produce. Um, and they announced it ten years after the release of the first one I know people like I've only recently watched the first one as of I think like a year and a half ago yeah um, I didn't watch it long ago I, re- I, 
yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, and I know people have actually like really, really excited for this. Yeah, I'll, um, I look forward to seeing uh, seeing it. I obviously I haven't. I don't. I'm, I only saw it recently. I don't have like a big love for it. I think it's a great film. So yeah, we'll see see what a sequel does. Yeah, I thought that was quite a nice bit of nice bit of news. They've not said if because um, obviously in the first one, Jodie Whittaker is the female lead, but they've not said if she's going to return. But um, the only person they've confirmed is is John Boyega's character Moses. Yeah. yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. 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 Apart from that, there's not really been a lot happening in the world of, of world of film or TV. I mean, look, you have you have Fast Nine was moved up to the 24th of June in the UK. Um, that's Sorry, fine. Fast. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and the Bad Boys for Life directors um, are doing DC's Batgirl. Yeah. Yes, I saw that. Um, just remembered because you just said it. <laughs> They're also working on the Ms. Marvel series, I believe. Yeah, they're directors for most of the episodes, if not all of them. Which I keep forgetting, but that comes out this year. Yeah, it's just recently wrapped filming as Moon Knight started filming. We still don't actually have an official confirmation that it's Oscar Isaac. No, the only... No. Even though like there's people taking videos of him and oh, okay. and um, Ethan Hawke on, on walking around like, runs doing together nothing. and walking around <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, Ethan Hawke's um, in it. I only re- I recently watched Training Day and I like Ethan Hawke in that. He's so yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> even though even though Marvel haven't officially confirmed it, it's pre- which one of those things where it's like yeah, it's it's it's, it's confirmed. But um, but yeah, pretty exciting. Mm, very exciting. I'm trying to think, there's nothing really else happening in the world of Marvel. Um, Loki's coming soon. They've been releasing some clips and that. Yeah, it looks good. It looks fun. Yeah, it does. Um, <laughs> first clip from Black Widow. Oh yeah, there was that. Was it that that the, the scene in the in the car? Yeah. Yeah, I I feel like they kind of make make uh, Natasha look a bit Natasha, we don't say Natasha in this country we say Nata- Natasha <laughs> I was going to say yeah. um, I'm used to the way they say it in all the American things um, they make her look a little bit incompetent right? like she doesn't know what she's doing she just reverses and crashes into something like this is the same this is the same Black Widow like really? <laughs> okay suddenly she doesn't know how to drive a car um, and then, but it makes Florence Pugh look very competent. So maybe that's maybe that's, that's probably plan. part of it. It's just like they're gonna, even though this is Black Widow before what happens, everything that happens in Infinity War. So yeah, like <laughs> she's gonna go off, and Florence Pugh's gonna show up again someday in something. Oh, for sure. Remember when everyone thought she was gonna be in Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Yeah, I think she was. I think she was seen on the set for Hawkeye, though. Really? Oh wait, no, that was the one. Of course. Ugh, I keep thinking people thought she was going to be in the Falcon and Winter Soldier, but yeah, she was seen on the set for Hawkeye, weren't she? Apparently. Yeah. Um, that comes soon. Did you? Yeah, no, I'm excited for Hawkeye actually. Yeah, me too. I'm excited to for Haley Steinfeld to step into the Marvel world. Yeah, for sure. Oh, Vera Farmiga's playing her mother. <laughs> Such superb casting as well. Oh, you know it's great casting. 
Um, did you also see the one minute trailer for G.I. Joe Origins Snake Eye? Uh, I saw clips of it but didn't press any further because I am not interested, really. Fair play. Like, just it, because I don't um, I don't care about an origin story for Snake Eyes. I don't care about G.I. Joe, I don't know why I'm making that sound like <laughs> I care about char- I don't know anything about the character. <laughs> like <laughs> That's fair. No, I'll tell you what though, it does look good. It does look decent. Um action looks good, Harry, Henry Golden looks good. Um I do like Henry Golding, yeah. so not a lot else to be said about that though to be fair because it's only a one minute hasn't, hasn't a new Guy Ritchie film just dropped out of nowhere speaking of her because Harry, uh, Harry Golding's in The Gentleman so Wrath of Man yeah well I saw the trailer the Jason Statham one yeah yeah I saw the trailer for um, not too long ago and it was like oh coming soon but yeah I feel like it's actually just been released yeah because I heard people mentioning Some it coming out at least. Um, it's got 67% on Rotten Tomatoes, but it's got a 91% audience rating. Also, internationally, it was released on April 22nd. In the United States, it's May the 7th, but in the United Kingdom, we don't get it until July 21st. That's fine. Release dates are all over the place um, at the moment because of, you know, COVID restrictions in loads of other countries and stuff like that, and they probably set the date because they're like, we're not sure when cinemas are opening and that, and then now that we're opening up, we've opened up now. Speaking yeah, of which, sure. I'm going to go and see Judas and the Black Messiah tomorrow night. Oh, nice. So, nice, nice, nice. Last night for Monday, for people listening. <laughs> tomorrow for Are Harry. You got, you got... No, I'm going with my mum. Oh, nice. Um, and on Tuesday the 1st, they're doing an unlimited screening for the father, so I might do that. Okay, I know they're doing an unlimited screening for... Um... What's it called? Uh... The dog's bollocks. In the Heights. Oh yeah, that that they announced in the Heights and the Father. I don't really. I'm not that interested in in, in the Heights. So. Ah, uh, see, I'm the opposite. I'm quite interested in the Heights and not as interested in the Father. It's not called in the Father. It's called in the Heights. It's in the fuck's sake, Harry. You're making me. I'm trying, <laughs> trying to make a joke and you ru- you make me ruin it. <laughs> I also almost typed in the Father into Google. Um, in the Heights. That's obviously that Lin Lin Manuel. Miranda thing. Yeah. I can't speak. Um, I want the film. Who's in it? Uh, fair enough. I don't know. I've, I've not seen any trailers, and I've not just. I've just not. I guess it's just not my thing. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, no, that's fair. I saw the. I saw the, the trailer, and then um, maybe really the look of it. Um, Hamilton's on Disney Plus, isn't it? Like there's it is, yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe I'll watch that and see what I think, and then. Because I know it's meant to be good, but I've not. I'm not. I'm not. I don't typically seek out musicals. Yeah, I mean, I personally quite enjoyed Hamilton. Um, I know a few people that really liked it. I do know people that absolutely hate it. So um, I'd be very interested to see what what you thought of it. I mean, it's, it's funny. I say I don't seek out musicals. Yeah, I've seen a few musicals, like actual theatre, and I love, love, love them. So. <laughs> Right, man. My 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 two favorite theater things I've ever seen are musicals, which is uh, Jersey Boys and American Idiot, which I guess is yeah. a different. Re- I like American Idiot because I like Green Day. <laughs> yeah, true. And I like I like I just like Jersey Boys. That just blew me away when I saw it because I saw that first time on Broadway. Yeah. Um, when I went to New York, 
and I was like this is incredible I love it so I had to go and see it again a few years later and I've seen the film like three times <laughs> um, speaking of Green Day though, I saw that you said that they've released a new song they did release How a new it? song it's pretty good actually it's not it's um, it's not got I always say Green Day are really good like Green Day are amazing when they're writing about about something as yeah. in when they've got something to say so if you look at their albums American Idiot 21st Century Breakdown and Revolution Radio they're definitely like they're like very kind of political albums and okay. it they're, they're better when they're having something to say but in the last album like they just didn't have anything to say it felt like they were just making an album because it was like we haven't released one in a few years but I don't know this this song is more it's, it's like a as as NME say uh, it's um it's more of an uplifting song so it's more of a like because it's like one of the lyrics I just saw it because it's in this article says we're going to take back the night everything's going to be alright so it's more about you know the work going back to normal kind of thing yeah for sure um, but they said they have been writing songs in uh, lockdowns and stuff like that so hopefully something new will come out I know they're, they're gearing up to go back on tour nice um, I'm probably not going to end up seeing them because I think tickets are still sold out for their shows that have been delayed to next year yeah. Uh, plus, I'm not that fussed, really. Like, I love Green Day. Don't get me wrong. I just don't really care for the new album, so I'm not going to get too much out of seeing them live for a fourth time. <laughs> yeah, true. Maybe someday I will, though. Of course I will. It's Green Day. I'd ra- much yeah, rather. See again. I'd, mu- I'd much rather see like, even though I think Green Day put on a better show, I'd much rather see like Metallica again or something like that because they're doing a thing at a festival this year where they're playing the Friday and the Sunday, but they're doing two completely different set lists. Oh, wow. So, like, I, that's a festival I'd love to go to. Like, and I've never done festivals, but, like, I'd, I'd happily stay at a festival to hear two different, like, set lists from Metallica. That means, like, 40 songs altogether. <laughs> yeah, no, it'd be fucking... I'm sure it'd be sick. Yeah. I'd, I can't wait to go back to live music, though. I know there's a band that's meant to be touring... It was meant to be touring this year in this country that I'd really wanted to see for a while. <laughs> um, they have quite a good lineup with them as well. Did you get tickets? I don't want to get tickets and they get delayed or anything like that. Again, that's my thing. It says I'd rather just know. Plus, I don't think they'll sell out these ones. Not until closer to the time. Oh, okay. It's not. Fair. It's not a huge, um, a huge band. Oh, okay. Um. Well, apparently they're playing November, so technically that could still be going ahead in O2 Academy in Brixton. I have a feeling it will be. I never actually looked at. Yeah. I, I remember making the joke when I looked on here because it's like how I was like choosing a number of tickets. I was like talking to my friend and being like, "Yeah, let's get fourteen tickets." Um, but no, maximum price yeah, is forty nine pounds, so I think I'll be okay. Actually, that's yeah, no, I'm not bad. I hope things will, I hope things will go ahead. I mean, like, I'm going to go see. Um, me and my girlfriend are going to go see Russell Howard in September. Um, but Harry, that was something we wanted to do. <laughs> no, yeah, that sounds... Um, and also, um, the podcast Shag Married Annoyed, the Chris Ramsey, Rosie Ramsey one. Mm. Seeing them at Wembley. And then, um, yeah, so I'm, exci- I'm excited for live events again. And also like, live theatre and immersive theatre, because my, my girlfriend su- surprised me. My birthday's in... At the time of recording, it's just under two weeks. Um, it's going to be the big two, no, twenty-four. But um, my girlfriend surprised me with tickets to the Doctor Who Time Fracture that I spoke about last week. Mm. Um, 
she she was like, have you got plans on on the twelfth? My birthday, my birthday's on the seventh, and then she's like, have you got plans on the twelfth of June? I was like, uh, I don't think so, babe. I'll just be with you. Why? And she went, you have now, and I was like, God. The little the little hoovian in me went fucking ape shit. So yeah, I'm hope I'm fingers crossed that live events are now going back to normal, and you get to go see some live music, and I can go see like. Doctor Who and live comedy and stuff. It just it just feels nice to go back to a sense of normality as well. Yeah. Um, and of then course. hopefully we can see each other as well in person and not just because uh, we are Connor only exists when we record the podcast, obviously, which we've said on multiple occasions. Yeah. But if I if I go to the middle of London and then act as if I am doing the podcast, he just mysteriously comes to life and appears next to me. Um, Apparently so. so yeah. Hopefully, yeah. So hopefully that can happen soon. I mean, technically we could, but we just we just haven't. <laughs> yeah, true. Like, we could have met up and done something. We just haven't. But there's nothing. We can't really do what we used to do, which was just walk around London forever. I mean, we can. Yeah, I mean we can now. But to be fair, things only just opened this week. So, um. I just want to go back to Forbidden Planet, even though I can't buy anything there at the moment. <laughs> yeah. So possibly after payday, we can actually meet up and see each other and have a nice big um, with my two days elbow, a week of elbow, work el- elbow tap. with my two days a week of work payday doesn't make a difference to me <laughs> that's fair I need payday to live you know just nice we'll have a nice big elbow tap no physical contact at all oh okay um, speaking of actually Forbidden Planet I got my order from them but I haven't opened it yet <laughs> oh really? What'd you order? I, I'm, I subscribe to the Star Wars comics, so I just get those whenever they come. Oh, <laughs> like, God, I don't know when they're sent out. I don't know when they're released. I just get them whenever they come. <laughs> play. I get emails, and then suddenly I get emails that like, oh, it's been dispatched, and sometimes I'll have one arrive the same day, and I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> we tracked it to your door straight away. Yep. Um, the man is running to your house himself. All the way from London. All the way from London. Um, but yeah, other than other than that was just typical conversation. We haven't really talked about news. Um, it doesn't matter. Uh, but what what next, Harry? What do we do next? Do we end early? Well, yeah, no, because you know nothing else. That no, we kid, we kid. We're not going just yet. Connor wants to, but we're not because we've got a film to talk about. Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead was released at the time of recording yesterday but to those of you it's May 21st uh, it was released on Netflix um, all around the world and in select theatres in the United States um, it what is directed and also got cinematography by Zack Snyder and his it's, first DOP and it's role. written by him we should you know have that known <laughs> sorry sorry yeah it's written by him as well and the story is originally by him uh, produced by uh, himself Zebra, um, himself Zebra Snyder fucking hell Debra Snyder. <laughs> Fucking hell. Zebra, uh, Zebra Snyder. Uh, and Wesley Carlyle. It had a budget of um, 70 to 80... No, sorry, 70 to 90 million. Um, and considering it's only been released in a couple of um, theatres in the United States, it's made 780,000 box office-wise. Um, isn't great, but it's it's very very much a handful, and it was like a limited couple of day release, because um, obviously everyone's gonna go watch it on Netflix. Yeah. Um, 
Star Dave Batista, Ella, per- Ella Purnell, is that how you say it? Amari Hardwick, uh, Thea Rossi, um, Tig Notaro, who uh, quite known to have replaced Christy Elia um, through CGI, but we'll get to that as we talk about the film. Um, yeah, music by Junkie XL once again, uh, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about it now. I mean, do you wanna do you wanna do non-spoiler spoilers? Or do you just wanna go straight into the spoilers? No, we can do non-spoiler spoilers. Okay, we'll start with non-spoilers, and then we'll rate it, and then we'll go into spoilers. Okay. Okay? Yep. You first. Me first what? What do you want me to say? Oh, see, I can either... I've got two questions I want to ask you, and it depends on what what order I want to ask you. It's either going to be, what do you think of the film, or can you explain what the film's about? Uh, You can do what the film's about. So, what's the film about? No, I said you can do what the film's about. (laughs) So, Army of the Dead, basically, uh, in Las Vegas only, it seems, there is an out- there's a zombie outbreak, um, and the city has been quarantined, and a group of mercenaries, I think, is that fair to call them mercenaries? Yeah. Um, go in with a task to break into a vault to steal millions of dollars I can I can I can sum it up in a few words it's a zombie Vegas heist movie you could have said that yeah before a nuclear bomb goes off yeah um and the reason why obviously the reason why it's only in Vegas is because they they keep it there you know they contain it very quickly efficiently which they show to us in an extra 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 long title sequence because I liked that though. I quite liked the. The film is already long the, enough. The film, the the film is very long. Don't get me wrong. It's two and a half hours. Yeah. But I liked, I liked the title sequence kind of. In that three to four. I minute I liked it. Sequence. But it felt too long. Yeah, it started because obviously it's, the title sequence is played to Viva Las Vegas, but. Mm-hmm. Towards the end, they just keep repeating the chorus over and over again. <laughs> but I think that's how the song actually goes. Oh, awkward. But um, no, my thing about it is just, just like it's like it's like the whole title sequence was meant to be part of the film, but they realised that would have made it even longer because there's like a whole plot line happening in it, like a whole plot line. It seems. Shit, yeah, yeah. Because there was also the uh, there's some other character there, the- like. <laughs> You have the other character who's looking for her daughter and then gets killed at the end of the title sequence. So it is like a completely... It's a, there's a story happening. Story. Like <laughs> That's why I thought I was just, thing... it's just like, okay, did he put literally every I'd... idea he had into the film? The only thing I'd say about that is quite possibly because the, they've already confirmed that Army of the Dead is going to become its own little like universe per se. Right? right. So it's already getting a prequel film. Oh, for fuck's sake. Um, it's getting a prequel film all about the safecracker directed by the guy who played him um, and with a story by Zack Snyder but it's also getting a prequel animated series Okay. and the animated series is called Army of the Dead Lost Vegas and it's an anime style series with all the cast returning um, so like Dave Bautista all that kind of stuff um, and it's going to centre on the characters in the early fa- phases of the zombie outbreak so I assume that the stuff we see in the title sequence, they're going to come back to in that. Wait, so the prequel, uh, Army of Thieves, is meant to come out this year? 
Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> Where does this just come from? <laughs> um, so yeah, the story takes... So Army of Thieves is the prequel film. The story takes place before the events of Army of the Dead during the early stages of the zombie outbreak. It's got um, Dieter, who's the safe cracker, returning. Um, but apart from that, a completely new cast. Um, like Natalie Emmanuel's in it. Um, the story is by Zack Snyder again. Um, and then... The animated series is Army of the Dead Las Vegas, but they've not confirmed if that's going to drop towards the end of this year or start of next year. Oh, the animated... That's got all the... Sorry. Yeah, all the cars. That's okay. Oh, it's got Joe Manganiello in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, so it's got like, Joe Manganiello, Nolan North joined as well, Ray Porter, Vanessa Hudgens, Harry Lennox, um, all that kind of stuff. But all, Christian all the main Slater, players... was he in the... No. No, I didn't notice. I all don't the know main players, that. such as... Dave Bautista, uh, Ella Purnell, who played his daughter, um, Maria Cruz, the 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 kind of Dave Bautista's like right hand woman, I guess. Uh, Peters, uh, the, the who's the helicopter pilot, um, they're all returned and reprising their roles. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, and then Junkie XL is also doing the music for that, as well as Zack Snyder going to be directing it I think cool it's going to be six episodes cool for people so, that, yeah, so main... for people that want that I mean so I, I I very much assume that the title sequence will touch upon that possibly but then again yeah why why put them in because at first I wasn't sure if um, the I, I got a little bit confused in the title scene because I thought the, the woman who's looking for her daughter who dies with the with the fucking uh crate just being thrown on top of them um i thought that was dave batista's wife and daughter yeah the film doesn't tell stuff very well um i think it does i think it you do you are because they do that bit where they show you like kind of it's almost like photographs of them kind of almost but the way it's framed yeah or they're holding photo they hold that's them like holding photos of them and their families and stuff like that isn't it yeah, so it's them. And if you pay, if you're, yeah, and I say if you're paying enough attention, Dave Bautista's one obviously isn't that woman in that. But um, yeah, no, this film does a lot of it. Tell, I mean, it does a lot of it. Doesn't do it that much actually. It does it a little bit later though. But it tells you stuff later on, and you're like, oh, I wouldn't have known that unless you told me this through this stupid dream. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. I, I enjoyed it. I, no. I, there's parts that I did. Yeah. There's parts that I didn't like, right? And there's parts that I was a bit like, like for example, it, it it was too long. You know, two and a half hours was too long for this. And the attempts at the more kind of emotional stuff didn't quite hit me. But what I did like is I liked some of the humour. I liked the action, and I quite liked the cast as well. I thought the cast were pretty good in this. Um, I thought they were right, but I couldn't have told you any of their names. I could tell you Batista's called Ward. His daughter is called Kate. His right hand woman's called Cruz and the pilot called Peters. Apart you did also that, just you did also just read out like their names for the cast as well, so that's probably why you're remembering them. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, I've okay, got them. I've got them. I'm out. looking at them now on the cast list. But like, yeah, no, I wouldn't have remembered any of their names. Like, none of them stood out to me yeah. as interesting. To be fair, 
I think Dave Batista carries the film well, like as the lead, but he wasn't interesting at all. Well, I think the problem is obviously in, in a, when they're doing a zombie, zombie heist, you don't expect it to just be one or two characters. But I, I think there was too many of them. There was, so, yeah. Like, so, um, well, I can't really elaborate on this until we get to spoilers. But when, because obviously it's quite known that people do die in this film, that's not necessarily mm-hmm. a spoiler. It's a zombie film. When certain characters start to die, especially at the beginning. I didn't know anything about them to care that the fact that they were dying because there were so many characters the film was trying to focus on. Only when the film got towards the end and it actually started to spend a little bit of time with them, I was a bit like, oh, okay, I don't necessarily care about them, but I understand them a bit more now. But by that point, it was it was too late in the film. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, I know. I know what you mean. Yeah. Um... Um. <laughs> go on, man. Go, go all in. I know you didn't like it. I don't think the characters had any sort of real motivation for what they were doing, other than ooh, money. Like, I get yeah, that. that yeah, that's the... that's. I guess that's the most realistic thing you can do. Is that yeah, they're only doing it for money. The only reason any of us live is for money, really. Um. <laughs> um the only person that had like the most moral reason to go in was his daughter yeah. to try and find the, the, the mother. She had absolutely the only moral reason like to go in. She had the only real reason is that she wanted to go and find that woman. Like, Yeah. Um, whose name I remember because it's the name of my old manager, Gita. <laughs> oh. You say oh as if that's a good thing. She was a terrible manager. Um, Fair play. But yeah, other than that, like I didn't yeah, I didn't care for any of the characters. I didn't feel like they had any reason to. They were only they didn't feel like they were actually doing it for any reason other than they were like, "Oh, guess we've got nothing better to do than to run into a horde of zombies." What? <laughs> like <Yeah>. like what? <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, you do you, I guess. Um and while the emotional stuff doesn't really hit that well, I feel like if they had focused on some of the more emotional crux of the story from an earlier point, it could have been very well. Because I feel like the emotional stuff could be good if it was handled throughout, but it feels like it's all just thrown on you at the end. Yeah, no, like, the, the emotional the emotional elements and the emotional context of the film is there. It's not like it's missing. It's just, it's, it's put into the film far too late yeah. for a two and a half hour film. Like if they, okay, the only one that they kind of, they kind of semi-focus on from the beginning is the relationship between, between uh, Ward Batista and his daughter. Yeah. But everything else. So, for example, also, uh, Ward's Ward's like best friend Cruz, who's also like a mechanic and is yeah, she's gone with him everywhere. There's this kind of like will they won't they romantic thing is element to it but not till the end yeah i was gonna say i was say i didn't get any of that impression from them at all until suddenly she's like we could have been together it's like and then it should get then then things happen and, yeah it was yeah it was that and this for that where they're like both laughing and like he, he holds money and she's like do you want me to hold it for you and all that but from the start of the film you just think oh no they're just friends they're just good mates they work together yeah that's all like, i never got the impression that they were um romantically involved in any way at all also when we're introduced exactly. to her she's like obviously she's a mechanic so she's working on a car and someone goes to hug her and she's like oh i'm so greasy while she has perfectly done makeup like okay <laughs> do 
You look fine. Yeah, so <laughs> um, I feel I definitely think if they had focused on if they had just if if Snyder just brought some of the romantic elements forward, even just by forty five minutes, it definitely it definitely would have played. Or, because all, all the emotional elements are there. They still like they're not in the film. Here's the thing. If you're gonna do that with Dave Batista and either you have to do, choose one or the other either he has a daughter or he has a love interest I don't feel like you get because the film's already got too many characters she should have she could have just been a right hand woman she didn't need that extra plot line that feels no, like something 100%. that feels like something that should be cut out in editing that's, to be completely honest that's something where you go right. okay that's not needed it slows the film down even though it doesn't really because it is just a brief scene but it also comes out of nowhere and you feel like you're meant to you're meant to have an emotional response to this character suddenly. But honestly, and I would have been I would have been happy if he was if the main emotional crux of the story was the relationship between him and his daughter. Oh yeah, that that's even even semi partially it was done okay. But if they'd done it better it would have been amazing. And I like that the film had to give you a, a, a Dave Batista having a bad dream to remind you to tell you that, oh by the way, that's his daughter. Yeah. It's almost like that film almost feels like the film's gone, oh, by the way, sorry, we've got to tell you, that's his daughter? <laughs> in case you didn't, in case, yeah, I mean, in case we tried to tell you in the title sequence, but you didn't notice because the title sequence was too long and you didn't retain every piece well, of information honestly, thrown at you. I found the film slow and boring and predictable. Honestly, very predictable. In, in terms of characters, right, I would have just had Batista, his daughter, the helicopter pilot. Well, you need you um, need the crew because that's a heist movie. Like watch, watch uh, like Ocean's Eleven. It's the perfect. It's the perfect heist movie. Oh, okay, yeah, I would have. Had, I would have had the crew, but I would have cut out, for example, um, that YouTuber star who's who brings his two friends with him. One quits right at the beginning, and one get one stays with them for a little goes bit. With him, yeah. <laughs> I'd have got rid of those two, and quite possibly the sharpshooter as well. I would have just had kind of the main. Who's the sharpshooter? Um, oh, like, that's him. Sorry, that is him. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't so mind I that. Like, you have... need, you need, you want to have like your guy, the guys with all the different skills. The re- he bringing his like two, his two friends along, and then one of them just sticks around for with them. It's just like she didn't have any interesting character other than oh, don't talk to me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wasn't she? Wasn't interesting at all. Like that. Um, I think for me, for me, I did find the film quite. Pretty- as I started watching it, when I got to the halfway mark, I could kind of predict where the film was going, how it was going to end. I right. yeah, no, that I mean, I um, pre- I felt like the the film telegraphed its things, every telegraphed everything before it happened. Like the film was almost telling you, this is what's going to happen next. By the way, I tell you what, you know, you know when Tanaka's got them kind of in the briefing and yeah. he's explaining how the mission should go. Mm-hmm. And you kind of get that. You kind of get the vision of, oh, this is the ideal, yeah, how it should be. As soon as that happened, I could predict that not happening and how the film was going to end. I oh, know, but that, that's the point. Like, like you, you're like the the highest movie thing. The highest movie thing usually is um they do have that whole like this is how we're going to do it. We're going to do this thing, and then it kind of that's how it eases you into them actually doing the mission. Like it will show you like we're going to go in like this, and then we're all going to be in this situation, and then it kind of picks up from that point. You know, have you yeah, seen I, the Have I mean, you seen the Ocean's the movies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, or it's one of those things where the highest, yeah. the highest goes well. Does it? I mean, well, until the end. to a certain to a to an extent, but um, 
also the do you know the uh his soldier friend uh I've got the list up so I know his name Vanderho Vander Vander Vanderho yeah it's not even it's not even spelt like Vanderho it's Vandero it's Vandero is how it's spelt but um him I I like I liked him all right but for some reason him and the German guy didn't get along he just didn't like him for some reason just like oh okay well, that was at the start, but then as the film gone on, it was... No, obviously, it's meant to be yeah. that, oh, look, we've grown as characters, and when you first meet them, you're just like, oh, just fuck already. <laughs> I mean, look, for me, um, I, I, as, I did find it predictable, don't get me wrong, and I, I found a lot of the plot predictable, but as a, as a zombie heist film, I did enjoy myself. Like, I did have a fun time. I didn't hate it. I liked some of the performances. Um... There's elements that could have been better, especially with the story, but in terms of my enjoyment of a film, I did have just a good time watching it. I did have to watch it in two halves, though, to be fair. I just, if the film was sh- was shorter, if it was under two hours, like an hour and 50 minutes, I probably would have had a better yeah. time with it, but I, I've as I've already said, I found it slow, boring, predictable, and just unfunny. I didn't laugh throughout that film. Every attempt at comedy well, was just fell flat for me. Do you wanna? Do you wanna? Should we rate it and then go into spoilers? So in case anyone wants to not get spoiled, they can they can jump out after our ratings. They can do. Oh, actually no. I also want to say, um, no matter how good this film could have been, like it could have been incredible in the latter half, it it almost lost me when it has the audacity to have Hiro- Hiroyuki Sonada say the line "Easy peasy Japanesey." That's fucking awful. Yeah, that was fucking. That, was that, fucking... that took me out of that scene completely. I was like, that is the audacity to have Hiroyuki Sonada and make him say that line is disgusting. I, I watched it and then I paused it. I reran 10 seconds to make sure I genuinely heard what I heard because I was a bit like, what? It's just, I was very shocked. It's because the scene also lingers on it. Like maybe if they just had him say it, I would have still thought about it and been like, "No, I don't like that." But the fact that they also have a character he's go, "Oh, you're not meant to say that," and he's yeah. like, "Well, I am Japanese, basically." It's like, "Oh, f- yeah, we get it." Zack Snyder wanted you to say the line. Fucking terrible. The one thing, the one thing I will say about this film is it's very clear Netflix went to Zack Snyder and went. You have creative control. Make the film you want to make. Do whatever you want. Which you can't. And you he's just yeah. Gone for it. I'm never gonna be like, oh, they sh-, like when a filmmaker's given freedom. You're like, okay, yeah, they made what they wanted to make. Cool. This would have, would have, it needed to be. It didn't. It needed to it focus needed to less on. Yeah, it needed to be trimmed a lot. Um, I feel like there's a lot going on that doesn't need to be there. Like it is the kind of film where. You feel like a lot of this could have would have been cut out if it had been getting a proper theatrical release, if it wasn't going to streaming. Yeah. But obviously Zack Snyder has his hardcore fanboys, so they're all going to watch it. I feel like if I'd seen this in the cinema, I probably would have enjoyed it a lot more as well. And I really, I did enjoy it, but I feel like, in the, I feel like it is a, a, a good cinema experience as opposed to a Netflix film. Yeah, I think I'm one for six on Zack Snyder films I've enjoyed. What's the one? Justice League. <laughs> Fair play. Like that's really long, obviously, and there's some scenes where it's really drawn out. But I enjoyed that because I like, I like superheroes. But I didn't like the other two superheroes films he's done. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, should we? Come on, let's rate it then, and then we can jump into spoilers. Well, I was you... because we were so because we usually we're so positive about the things we we rate. What's the negative thing? Just nothing. Just no microphone. Because that's what it gets from so me. So it's either <laughs> yeah, it's either no mic. So for those who don't know our rating system, this is our we have trained it quite a lot, but this is our this is the one, yeah the one we said on the last episode. Um, so the the show is called Two Smoking Microphones. Okay, <laughs> if we like or love something, we're going to give it a smoking microphone. If we don't like it or it's just it was fine but not amazing, we'll give it no microphones. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the way we're going to do it. And I'm, so, gi- I'm giving uh, it a solid no microphone. Very interesting. I'm purely because I did enjoy it. You don't have to justify enjoying it. it. Like if you enjoyed it, you enjoyed it. Like I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going to try and turn you against it. Like you be. You be you. No. Like, <laughs> no. No. I'm going to give it a smoking microphone. But what I want to say is. It only just gets it, and it's purely because I like the action, and because the the action sequences are good in this film, the the zombie element of it is actually really good, um, and I really enjoyed myself. Mm-hmm. But it lost me on the story and the runtime, the emotional kind of aspects. But I would I would still give it a smoking microphone. Okay, so spoilers. Yeah. So if first. You... The... Haven't seen. Sorry, if yeah, you haven't I'll seen say, the film. Yeah, yeah. leave. Um, <laughs> yeah, you, you, obviously, you obviously. We'll do some. We'll do some time codes for this one. So yeah, we'll skip to the yeah. outro, um, or the next segment. Yeah, skip to our time code. Look at the time codes below. Um, first thing I want to say. Yeah, so you know his right hand woman. Cruise. Who, Cruise? Yeah, Cruise? yeah, Cruise. Maria. Uh, who turns around and she's like, "Oh, we could have been together." Does that we could have been together happen right before she gets her neck snapped? She literally goes, no, yeah, so, no, sorry. She goes, we could have been together. Um, you know, I only came on here for you. Mm. And he's like, yeah, I got it all wrong. Me and you, me and Katie. And then he goes, oh, shit, where's Katie? It then cuts to... It's Kate, uh, Katie not Katie, the, but yeah. In, sorry, yeah. Kate in the car as the zombies are running somewhere else. Yeah. And then it cuts back to them and he goes, fuck, I know where she is. I'm going to go get her. She's going to go... And then She's like, I'm coming with goes, you. I'm coming with you. <laughs> the elevator opens and her head just, just gets, gets turned all the way around um, so basically what happens in that scene which is something I wanted to say in the review but I didn't want to spoil the death which I kind of probably did anyway um, is that she basically turns in that scene this is literally the uh, the filmmaker's translation of what happens she goes emotional reason to care about me now I'm dead yeah that's it that's what exactly what happens Zack Snyder literally tells us you have to care about her because she's about to die <laughs> my my thing of outrage like yours with that was and I think I I think I texted it to you as well this morning oh yeah yeah I watched this film in, I watched this film in two halves right so I watched it I watched about an hour yesterday as I was travelling and then I watched the last like hour and a half this morning that sounds nice I sat and watched um, it for fucking two and a half hours and then um, um when the zombie queen gets her head calf Mm. And I assumed, by the way, this is something completely different. But I assumed when the zombie queen got her head cut off, she was dead. No, but no, the head was still alive. Yeah, no, I feel even s- though at that point she thought she was dead. No, you see that anyway. You anyway. see like the head kind of still moving. Oh, okay. Yeah. But um, yeah, and then the zombie king turns up and he's like, ah, oh, and he takes the he takes the body to his followers and he's like, oh my god, my wife. But obviously he just screams, and then he he puts his hand in her stomach, and pulls out a little baby zombie fetus and it was at that point I genuinely said out loud oh fuck off 
that was the bit that made me go, really? I was like, like I, I'm enjoying this film, but you're trying to make me care about a zombie king because he, his wife was pre- like a zombie baby. Well, I mean, it just, maybe it that's really odd. Maybe that's part of the thing that they're going to try. What, what, like, it feels like maybe Zack Snyder wants to build a, again. You know, if you've obviously there's prequels, wants to build another universe around this kind of thing, and it could be something that like, oh, these aren't zombies per se. They're like it's like an alien parasite or something like that that does have a conscience. Maybe I don't know. That was and that was actually another thing um, I was going to say to you as well that I was looking at the Wikipedia article before we started the episode, just kind of familiarise myself with the first half of the film. Mm. Um, and they they don't make it clear at the start of the film, but the U.S. military convoy, the shipping, the the, the zombie king, whatever mm. you want to call him, is from Area Fifty One. Yeah, yeah. But it's because the weapon, which is the zombie, has been bioengineered with extraterrestrial DNA. So okay, it so is, it's like a zombie alien of sorts, but that's. I I know they say Area Fifty One at the start of the film, but that's not made clear at all to me. No, it's not made clear at all. But like then again, that's I I maybe it's not meant to be made clear. I don't know. Um, I mean, it's very clear that this film will get a sequel, and obviously it's getting a prequel. It's getting a prequel series. It I, I'm pretty certain it's going to get a sequel of some sorts. Well, people are going to watch it, of course they will, but um. Because you know that's what Netflix is. People just watch whatever they put out, and it'll get two sequels before they realise it's not going to make them anything else. I don't know, <laughs> Mike. Yeah, what did you What did you think of uh, the zombie baby? I didn't have any thoughts. I'll be honest. It was just like <laughs> I kind of got the impression of it. Like there's that moment where they're together, and he's like he kneels down beside her, kind of thing. You know, oh, where, after they after they've captured shades from Luke Cage. <laughs> yeah. I wish he yeah. was a better character because, like, I like I like him a lot. <laughs> like, not in this film. Like in yeah, no, he's a good actor. In Luke Cage, I fucking love Shades. <laughs> uh, I did. I start. So I start. I got a little bit of free time at work yesterday, just before the end of the day, mm-hmm. like ten minutes. So I put the first ten minutes on uh, whilst like waiting to get some work, and then uh, the film opens with a newlywed couple the man driving and the woman giving him a blowjob saying you're going to be a lucky boy and smacking into a US convoy and exploding mm. yeah fucking pissed myself I, for some reason I wasn't laughing because it was meant to be funny I was just laughing at the kind I don't of even... what the fuck yeah I didn't I didn't like that to be fair that was just like it was so out of place the 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 the, the, the couple weren't needed no no not at all like they were only needed for the zombie to crash and that's, escape. That's the, the thing is, the exact point of that is that that it, I I guess the only point of that is to be like, oh, people getting sh- married in Vegas. But like, yeah, it does nothing. It serves no point. So the, the whole other than the zombie outbreak the only, like, is because their crash. The woman gives, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. The, like I can say their crash basically it does serve as the whole point. Yeah. It, it is what creates. It's what causes the zombie outbreak. But like. We didn't need to know about them really. We could it could have just been any any old people crashing it. Just I don't know. It was it was a it was a very was poor just, attempt at humour. I think it was. I was like, here's what causes a zombie outbreak: a blowjob. That's like, they could have just had. It could have been the U.S. convoy Actually, driving. Actually, I think what you're meant to be saying is what causes a zombie outbreak: <laughs> women. On. I'll take my. I'd like to take my. I'd like to have my statement stricken from the record. <laughs> it's, like, it's basically. It's basically saying, you know, 
I would much rather have had the convoy drive in and the zombie just kind of escapes on its own somehow. I don't know how, like, it could have gotten quite irate, kind of broken free from its chains, just something. You could have thought of something else rather than that just felt very, oh, you're trying to be funny. How predictable. I'm laughing at you, not with you. How predictable. Yeah. Like, as soon as it starts happening, you're like, oh, okay, they're going to crash. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like, I get, like, that's what... I mean, there's a lot of things in filmmaking that you are meant to do that kind of thing, where you are meant to kind of tell, like, have things that tell the audience what's going to happen, kind of. But you're not meant... But in a way that they can piece it together if they're paying enough attention. Not in a way where, like, it's like, oh, no, this is clearly going to happen. I'm just waiting for this disaster to happen. That's what I don't like yeah. about the, a lot of this film is that I am just waiting for things to happen because I know they're going to happen. Well, you know what? It's even even with the opening, right? I feel like you have the opening titles, which are quite long. The opening titles could have just been how the zombie escaped. That could have been your opening title sequence. Yeah, it's one of those films where it wants instead, to have like the opening. It wants to have a scene, got... then the sequence, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, except the sequence the sequence was an entire film in itself. Yeah. Yeah. Also, the entire fucking the the entire film in the end, like everything in the film in the end was pointless. Yeah. Everything that happened. Oh, yeah, they, they... No, there is no the only effect is is that um Vanderho is locked in the vault so he's alive but he's been bitten and he's on an aeroplane. And it's like, oh no, now what's going to happen? And it just cuts, and it's like, that's the end of the film. Um, which is also, well, no, yeah, which is two... always sequel bait, but, um, or, which is obviously yeah, the two, sequel the two, bait. The two biggest things are Kate reconciles with her father and gets enough money kind of Do, to start a bit yeah. of a life. Like, Kate get, yeah, reconciles with her father, gets enough father, gets enough money to start a bit of her life. The woman she went in there to save is dead now. Even though we, we don't physically We don't see, see her, she's dead. dead. Like, of course she's dead. <laughs> and then um, Vanderhoe has been bitten by the Alpha, but he's not turned straight away. He would have turned by then. He was bitten by an Alpha, not the Alpha, right? No, he's bitten by the Alpha. Um, you know, he has to fight with like the, the zombie king, the zombie Alpha. I thought that was an Alpha, I not the, the Alpha. No, that's the Alpha. Okay. Because that, that was like underground, the and then he there has was. a little mask at the first. Okay, I don't... Oh, yeah, no, of course. I'm trying to um, think about... Yeah, because... Okay. Oh, yeah, and then he gets locked in the... Vo- okay, I don't remember seeing him leave. That's what it, the thing is. I don't remember seeing the Alpha leave. No, it just cuts to... An, it cuts to... And he's back so at you know the other way... place. <laughs> well, no, no, it actually... So, you know, as that's happening, Batista and the two others are going up the ladder, and then they go through... Oh, the yeah, no, now I remember. Now I remember. Sorry. Yeah, yeah I remember now. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it basically says that the, the Alpha climbs up a ladder and goes the exact same way okay so he's going to turn into another alpha but only the alpha only the the alpha that the first alpha can make more alphas right well i don't they never explain it i thought they suggested that and i thought they did say i thought they said that specifically at some point though i don't know i don't know i don't actually care but (laughs) but yeah so yeah they're 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 the only two kind of big and another thing i read as well right is I know he was supposed Vanderhoe was supposedly safe in the vault, but if anything, you know they shoot a nuclear 
they shoot a nuclear missile into Las Vegas, even when he got out of the vault, the radiation poisoning from that area alone would have killed him far before he got on a fucking private jet. Maybe, maybe nukes are different these days. I didn't know if you if there's a nuke, all you gotta do is jump in a safe or a fridge. Or a fridge, yeah. Or a fridge. I don't know, maybe he was in there like long enough. Maybe he didn't get out right away. But that's another thing. As maybe well, it's like right? a week so later when he, when and the he... radiation's gone 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 on holiday. No, but that's something that I don't understand as well. You know when he when you see him get out, mm -hmm. right? You don't see him come out of the safe, you see him come out of the hatch that um... Because it's underground, so he'd have to Yeah, of course climb up, right? And so... I get no, no, of course, I get that. He climbs up the load and gets out. How did he get out of the safe if the safe was shut and locked? The safe probably has the fail-safe thing, thing from inside that you can unlock it to get out. Say, uh, you want to keep, you want to stop things from getting inside a safe. If you've got something, wait. But what if you, no, I guess, no, I guess if it's like, if it was like a, it's not a prison cell, is it? So it's a safe. So yeah, there's probably a way you can get out. There was probably something. It was probably like, oh, okay, I just need to open this and I'm out. Because I'll imagine if you're the owner of a safe, big safe like that, and you go inside to drop something, and the door accidentally locked, closes on you. You're like, oh no, now I'm trapped in here forever. No, you could be able to let yourself out. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but as we were saying, let me go ask my rich. Let me go ask my richest friend who has a big safe in his basement. <laughs> okay. But um, as we already said, you know. Basically, basically, you're in spoilers now. Everyone dies, apart from two characters. Yeah, and one of them's bitten. From the so. heist. Yeah. So, um, in order, you have. Let me get her name up. Chambers, I think her name was. Um, yeah, Chambers dies first, um, and then it's Maria Cruz, who's like the love interest. She gets her neck snapped, and then it's the safe cracker, Dieter. We don't actually see him die, but yeah. Don't see him die. Um, he he throws Vanderho in the lock in the in the uh, safe first. He does, and then it's uh, excuse Jasmine. me. Actually, uh, Shades is the first to die. Oh yeah. Oh no, he doesn't die. Sorry, he gets turned no, yeah, so into then an it's, alpha. Then it's, then it's yeah. Then it's Guzman who gets bitten and then blows himself up. Yeah. And then it's Guzman. the coyote who's gets Guzman, sorry, who gets impaled. But yeah. Then it's Shades. Then it's the zombie king. Actually would she gets impaled, but that's not how she dies. Well no, it probably would have been through the nuclear explosion. Or he goes and I think he it looks like he's about to bite her, so Yeah. And then it's um the zombie king and then it's Peters and Gita, and then it's Scott. Yeah. 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 They all die. Yeah. Basically. What did you think of the safecracker and the fact that he's getting his own prequel film directed by him? That's very random. Right? Like, he that's the most random character to get his own film, but I actually liked him. <laughs> he's probably the only character I liked. I thought he was... Like, but I can see them. I, I can see why they're doing the prequel anime, the prequel anime series about Batista's character and the daughter and, and all that stuff, right? I can see why they're going that element to show you the kind of title sequence stuff. But yeah, when I saw that they were making a, the Safecracker film, I was a bit like, 
Oh. Yeah. Okay. I mean, again, we don't see him die, but we have to assume that he is like. No, of course he's dead. Um, but no, I did, I did like his character as well. He was probably, um, yeah, he was probably the one I liked the most. Him or Vanderhoe. But the film that the prequel feels like, then it's it's gonna focus on him as a safe cracker, so it's gonna have nothing to do with zombies. <laughs> so that. Yeah, I wonder how zombies because he's never killed a zombie. Maybe it's just maybe it's just he wants to make a heist movie. Yeah, maybe. Fuck knows, mate. Genuinely, I don't know. Yep, no idea. Honestly, I'm probably not going to watch any of it, any more of it. <laughs> I watched the animation. Sure. I didn't like the film, so I don't think I've got a reason to. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I've got some. I've got some. Um, uh, some trivia. Right on the IMDb's trivia page. Do you want me to read out some? trivia for you? No. Okay, end of the show. No, go no. on. Go so, um, so, first bit of trivia is quite... I'm not going to read... Every, there's 52. I'm not going to read all of it. I'm no, do it. Down and find my favourite one. Okay, we'll just read all 52. Well, no, because most of that um, most of that trivia is probably going to be stuff like so-and-so worked on this film together, which was directed by this person who worked on a film with this person. So, <laughs> there's... You know what? Surprisingly, uh, surprisingly, a lot of these are massive paragraphs. I mean, there is a lot of that start. kind of stuff on IMDb trivia, though, usually. <laughs> Let's have a look. Let's go. Like, right, so very. So I was to say, like, like you could say something like, oh, like, IMDb trivia is most of the time it will be something like Zack Snyder it directed Dave Bautista in this film. Dave Bautista was in the film Guardians of the Galaxy, which was directed by James Gunn, who is directing a DC film. <laughs> Both James Gunn and Zack yeah. Snyder have directed DC movies. <laughs> you know, that's what IMDb trivia usually is. Um. <laughs> so go we'll ahead. start. We'll start with. Uh, Tig Notaro's character, right? She plays Peter's, the helicopter pilot. Yeah. Right. This is the role that, when it was actually, when the film was done, Christy, comedian Christy Elia was actually in that role. He filmed along with the cast. And then the summer of last year, there were stories that broke out about him pursuing underage girls for sex and sexually harassing women. So Snyder hired the comedian Tig Notaro to replace the Elia. Um, and she was filmed alone and inserted into the scenes via green screen and other special effects and Delia most of the film's budget went on CGIing out Delia's face and replacing it with Tignataro's. That's that's crazy I would not have there's one moment specifically and it's like when they first go into the zombie area where I was like wow sh- that's terrible green screen work like around Tignataro but I wouldn't have guessed that was why because no, I didn't know that going in yeah, for the most part, I didn't see any green screen around her specifically. But it was it was probably that part, and when they're um, when Tanaka's explaining the plan to them, yeah. that was the only other part. I was I was a bit like, oh, okay, I can see a bit, of, I can see a bit of green screen. And probably in her. a in a, I mean, not not in terms of seeing green screen, but in like when we her introductory scene, she's obviously never on camera with them at the same time. Yeah, and then um, you can also look, and then throughout most of the film, look. she's at the helicopter. So. <laughs> Yeah, but if you if you look as well in that opening scene, I can't I don't can't remember if it's Batista or Maria that says it, but um, there's a line where it's where originally it would have been, oh yeah, look he looks like he's gonna be a good help or something like that, but the, the word says he, mm. but you can see that they've ADR'd it in 
um, but you can still see her mouth move and say the wrong thing, basically. It was just something I noticed. Fair enough. Um, the film's been in development hell since 2004. Uh, Snyder originally turned down this to pursue other projects. Um, he originally had another director, um, but then with a 2013 release date, but then it fell through and Snyder decided to come back to it as his passion project. Um, Snyder cut a crude visual gag from the film that showed a male, a male stripper with a huge penis that had a bite taken out of it. He thought this took it too far. <laughs> um, the yeah. tiger... The tiger was actually a live tiger, decorated in makeup, used for some of the shots. A trainer was present at all times. Um, which is, you know, fucking weird. What would uh, I mean? It's... It's not. It's just you know, might be easier to have a real tiger than to CGI one. You True. can you can train tigers. They literally. That's why there's a tiger in Vegas. People use them in their like acts. <laughs> um, Batista quite actually said quite recently actually he turned down an offer to appear in the Suicide Squad, so he could work on this film because he always wanted to work with Snyder. Um. Zack Snyder chose to shoot the film entirely with natural light, which meant that the most challenging sequence of film wasn't the most obvious. This is actually the opening scene where the soldiers first encounter Zeus, which is the name of the Zombie King. Mm -hmm. That took five weeks to shoot because of the fact they wanted to shoot it at dusk in natural light, so they had to shoot for five weeks every day to get it right. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um... It was uh, Snyder's very first digitally shot film. Oh, really? Yeah. Fair enough. Do, uh, you know right what, the do you know what the very first film to be entirely shot in digital was? Infinity War? No. No. The first oh. film in dig like, entirely shot in digital. Not digital IMAX, in digital. Oh, no. What was it? Attack of the Clones. Fucking hell. That's George Lucas changing the film industry for you. Now almost all films shoot in digital. Digital. Madness. Mhm. Mm um, when you when the vault first opens, uh, right next to it, you can see five boxes containing film reels on a metal shelf. This was actually uh, Snyder's cut of Justice League. Oh, shut up! <laughs> no, genuinely. Um, Snyder actually revealed it on his Vero account recently. Yeah, I'm saying I'll shut up because it's just like, ugh. Um, of course it was. Let's have a look. Couple. Couple. Imagine if Warner Brothers turn around and be like, "Oh, exactly. That means that you technically used uh, the footage of Justice League in this film, so we we can see you now." <laughs> but, but I didn't um, show any footage. You showed the physical footage. <laughs> um. The film, its planned prequel and animated series, have a central mythology, a zombie bible, which Zack thinks is scaled appropriately. <laughs> yep. Uh, Snyder, as we already said, served as cinematographer and also B-camera operator on this film, so he did all of it. Or well, B-camera. Not all of yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> There is an. It doesn't go B camera, C camera. It goes A camera, B camera. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I feel like there's probably nothing that interesting left in the trivia. 
because <laughs> you're just reading off just facts now not trivia just things about the film that are like oh yeah Snyder was a camera operator it's like cool that would have been in the credits there's a, <laughs> a lot of these are like big fucking paragraphs no, that's true you probably should have made a note of them beforehand I was but I didn't read <laughs> um, but I think I've said the most interesting ones to be fair probably if I didn't think any of them, yeah. if uh, I thought maybe the the only one that was really interesting was the Tignataro thing, and that was more of a, you know, everyone kind of knew that. But yeah, um, I I mean I didn't obviously, but yeah, no, um, yeah. but yeah, but we, yeah, we've already rate rated the film. That's how I mean. I mean, look, I didn't hate it. I I do I do enjoy it, but there are a lot of faults of it. But I, I do like the fact that Snyder was just. Snyder did what he wanted to do, really. I didn't hate it. I just didn't enjoy it. Like, I didn't right. actively be like, oh, this film has offended me. Like, it's not yeah. It's not uh, The Rise of Skywalker. What about Easy Squeezy Japanesey? Easy Peasy Japanesey. I hated that line. Oh. And like, I, like I said, even if the last half of that film had been enjoyable, that line almost ruined it for me. Yeah, for sure. Because for sure. I hated that. Like, you can talk around it by being like, "Oh, but Hiroyuki, he is Japanese, and he said the line himself. He probably he wouldn't have said it if he didn't want to." Like, no, it's true. But the fact that it's in there at all, it's just nah. I'm sorry, can't yeah, have no, that. I feel that. I absolutely wholeheartedly agree with that. Mm-hmm. I also wanted to do this for Army the Army the Dead. I wanted to read its Rotten Tomatoes stuff, so I'll do that now. Go for it. Seventy-one percent. Uh, critics score uh, with an average of 6.2 out of 10 Okay. Uh, 79% audience score critics consensus an ambitious over the top zombie heist mashup Army of the Dead brings Zack Snyder back to his genre roots with a suitably gory splash audience says there's plenty of build up before the all out action arrives but Zack Snyder's second zombie movie gives you characters you can root for on a solid cast led by a terrific Dave Bautista mm, okay I didn't root for any of those characters I actually root for their deaths do you know what I noticed as well? I've got to say about like you know, Army of the Dead stuff. Mm-hmm. There was robot zombies in there. There's a shot in the casino part where I think it's Batista shoots. Yeah, I noticed that, and I was like, "What the? F- what was that?" Yeah, you can notice the zombies face, zombies animatronic face. Don't know if that's intentional. Don't yeah, know I have. If it's. Bit weird, isn't it? Army of the I'm I'm on comic book movies, uh called comicbook.com. Um Yeah, so am I. <laughs> Army of the Dead, some of the robots are actually some of the zombies are actually robots. Um Oh, apparently some of the things that we stuff like that is gonna be addressed in the series, including the role of the robots. That's yeah, but oh, fuck's sake. Don't put it in the film then. <laughs> like bring it into oh. the series don't put it in the film because that I hate that idea of like we're gonna build a like we've already got oh god it's just Zacky 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 I don't like that I don't like when things are are set up in that way where it's like oh no we're gonna answer that in the sequel it's just like stop acting like you're already because it, if this had been released in cinemas and hadn't made any a lot of money it wasn't gonna get a sequel for example yeah sure I hate that overconfidence <laughs> um. So yeah, there you go. Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead got one smoke in microphone, and that was from me. Um. 
yeah, let us know what you thought. You know, did you enjoy the film? Did you not enjoy the film? Um, stay tuned towards the end of the episode. We'll tell you how to get in contact. But before that, before that, Connor's got a really important job that he's got to do right now. And he's currently gearing himself up to do this job. What? Are you, you ready? You ready for your job? I mean, no. Connor. I'm actually not. Connor. What? What have you done this week that you can recommend? Um, I watched Army of the Dead and I would not recommend it. Um. <laughs> you know how we have the the Knives Out casts out? No. I'm trying to think of what could we call what could we call our recommendation segment? Um, nothing at the moment because we don't have any ideas, and I'm not going to brainstorm ideas <laughs> right now. That's fair. Um. I uh, obviously watched. We uh, we'll talk about it next week. But I watched the most recent episode of The Bad Batch. Nice. Yeah, I've got two episodes to catch up on. Yep. Um, but other than that, what well, I watched a few films. I watched Collateral with Tom Cruise, and Jamie Fox. Nice. It's all right. I watched the um the first Austin Powers movie. What do you think of that? It's all right. I mean, there's a there's a lot of like really funny lines in it. Um, I like I like the the steamroller and the the. My my the best. My literally literal favorite bits in the film uh, are the cutaways to the um like the henchmen's families and friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, that's yeah. the they're the best bits of the film. Like. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's no, that's the bit I'm talking about. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, but there's two different scenes. There's. There's the first one with the steamroller, and then there's another one later on. Oh, yeah. Someone who's thrown into a pool of something. I can't remember what it is anymore. Love. And it's like cuts away to like Rob Lowe and his friends at at his like bachelor party or something. (laughs) Oh, fucking hell, yeah. For for Smitty. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, wow, Rob Lowe's in this. Harry Fish's in that one as well. Yeah, I know. She, yeah, she is. Um, but yeah, no, it had some. It was. I thought it was funny. Ish. Yeah, it's good. Like, yeah. Um, I watched a film called Sideways, with uh Paul Giamatti and Thomas Hayden Church, two former Spider-Man villains. How's that? <laughs> it's alright. It's um, it's a bit. It feels older than it is. Like the film came out in the early two thousands, but it feels like it could have been made in the seventies. Like, but that's just the feeling the film has but like it's it's a film that we actually looked at uh not we uh but i my group did for um my my final project screenwriting thing you know when i did my screenplay it was there was a scene from that that was shown to us and um it is meant to be like a very well written film and i thought it was it's good it's all right uh and then i also watched uh finding the way back or the way back whatever you want to call it oh what do you think of that I I really enjoyed it. It's it's not the the best overall, but it's not like no, I not... I had a good time with it. Like it's a good film. I think Ben Affleck's great in it. Um, I was gonna say Affleck's very very good in that film. I really like the basketball stuff. Yeah, I'm a big fan of like underdog sports stories. To be fair. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed it when I watched it. Um, as well. I love a I love, do you love a good sports film where you can root for the like the the team? So for example, for whoever the protagonist is. So for example, like I love Creed and Creed Two because I get really into it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's 
that's that's it. I did. I have. I do need to start watching the new series of um, Love, Death, and Robots. Oh, have you not started watching it yet? No, I've not been not been feeling it yet. And I also want to start watching um, Modoc on Disney Plus. Yes, yes, actually, that's on my list as well. I think all the series is released, isn't it? Like they dropped the entire I... series, or is it week by week? I thought it was week by week, but I've seen some people say they've dropped the whole thing. Well, it's technically a Hulu but... series, so maybe they dropped the whole thing in the US, but not the UK. Um, let me see. Have a look. Modoc had its ten episodes released on Hulu on May twenty first. Doesn't say about Disney Plus. Let's see. Oh, no, I'm just jumping. Oh wait, yeah, no, it's gonna be um. Yeah, on that same day, the first episode released on the Star Content Hub of Disney Plus in select international territories with a subsequent weekly window. So yeah, it's going to be one Great. episode a week. Great. Maybe I won't watch it yet then. Yeah, I might wait to binge. Just because I'm not. I'll see actually because if it's actually that's probably I'm probably more likely to watch it then because I don't binge shows anymore. Actually, that do you not? Actually, talking about yeah, no, no, I don't. Not really. I don't really enjoy binging anymore. Like I've I've got to the point where I do kind of say, oh, I love that just being able to sit and just watch this whole series like that's but I find it harder to do that because I know that once I start watching that's all I'm going to watch for a little bit yeah but if like I would watch more weekly things I think actually if they were released if everything if everything I wanted to watch was released on a Friday I'd happily binge 10 episodes of 10 different shows <laughs> yeah have a little routine I guess but like there's not enough being released at the moment, but like the okay, Modoc I got an episode a week, Bad Batch an episode a week, Loki soon. Even that's yes, only, that's only six episodes. I keep thinking it's going to be longer, but it's only six episodes. Yeah. Then there's going to be kind of a gap be- before we get uh, What If, and then Hawkeye and then Ms. Marvel. Yeah. And then at the end of the year, we got Book of Boba Fett. Book of Boba Fett. Exciting times for Disney Plus, but yeah, that's that's everything I've watched. I think, um, yeah, that's everything I watched. Them all. Uh, what about you? I uh, did love that. I've done some of the episodes of Love Devon Robots series two. Did you finish uh, season series one then? Left. No. Um, no. <laughs> I am gonna get around. I well, he just to it. But the no, but the fees because it's an anthology yeah, I series. Get... It's not like yeah, I know, but do you know what I mean? But um, the animation styles. For the, some of the ones I've watched are great, yeah. But it it does it doesn't really bl- it hasn't blown me away like the first one did. But um, the one I the one I particularly enjoyed that I'd say to look out for is one called uh, Snow in the Desert. That's the one I've enjoyed the most so far. Um, and I also watched the new The Woman in the Window, the Amy Adams uh, 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 thriller. Hasn't that got bad reviews? Weren't great. <laughs> it was. <sighs> The thing for me was, right, the performances were good, I liked the cast, but it was just too predictable. I could just kind of tell you what was going to happen. I think I said to Maddie, like, halfway through the film, what was going to happen, and it came true. See, I need to double check on it. It's got she did 26% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, so I watched that. <laughs> 39% audience score, wow. Um, But apart from that, I've not actually watched or read a lot to recommend. What's the... Uh... Um, What's the critic's consensus? A milk toast and muddled thriller that drowns in its frenzied homages. The woman in the window will have audiences closing the curtains. Yeah. Eight, Anthony Mackie's in it, though. 
Amy Adams, Anthony Mac- Anthony Mackie's in a lot of bad stuff that's been released on Netflix. Yeah, I know. Um, which I still want to watch. Like, there's a, that's that film that came out earlier this year that he's in. <laughs> I've heard it's bad, yeah, but I want to watch it. One. Yeah. Yeah, same. Uh, Amy Adams' uh, audience says, Amy Adams is great, but she's wasted along with the rest of the star-studded cast on a mystery that takes a long time to get going and often doesn't make much sense. Yeah, it just fucking took ages. It was such a long film. Um, um, but no, I mean, it was fine. I also wanted to do this for Army of the, Army of the Dead. I wanted to read its Rotten Tomatoes stuff. Maybe I'll 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 cut that out and put it at the end of the um the Army of the Dead bit so that I don't spoil the film there like I just did. <laughs> but snap back to this bit that we're doing. Um yeah, so you didn't really watch much then. No, um I didn't watch much, but I'll tell you what I have got. What? I have a listener question. Oh, do you now? I do. Okay. Uh, so we got this. We got this question on our, on our Twitter page. That again. Oh, this one. Had to contact us in a minute. Oh, this one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's the only question we got this one. To be fair. But, so, um, this so, is from Catron. What? Nothing. I didn't say anything. Um, this is from Catherine Edwards. I really. I apologise if I don't say your name correctly. I do apologise. Um, and she says thoughts on whitewashing, like the H one in Doctor Strange. Even if the acting is good, or the actor is good, and the performance is great, is it ever justified? I'm going to let the white person take this question first. Um, no, like, I don't know, it's not justified. Like, the fact that, that like, don't get me wrong, right? Til, for example, Tilda Swinton and Doctor Strange, good performance, you know, Tilda Swinton's great. Did they need to cast a white actor? No. Why didn't they cast, like, the cult? really appropriate actor in that role I don't particularly understand it and I think whitewashing is is something that's been going on for years um, and just seems to carry on being conti- being continued and I think it's kind of sad personally Is this Was this question asked because recently an article came out saying that Kevin Feige says it was a mistake to cast Tilda Swinton? Yeah, I think so. there's a deadline article about it. Is this the only reason this question's been asked? Um, Possibly, but no. Be thankful for the question. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm just no. I'm not. I'm not saying it an, as an, in an angry way. I'm just being like I didn't even know this article came out. Um, yeah. I think Tilda Swinton's good in the role. Yeah, because uh, Tilda Swinton's great. She's got that kind of almost um, ambiguous androgynous kind of feel. Yeah, like that's the kind of way that she, obviously she's approached the role as well. Um, no, yeah, they could have they could have just stuck with the culturally culturally accurate representation of that character, and they probably should have done that. Um, I can look past it now that it exists. Like, I'm not gonna go keep banging on it. I'm not gonna go and be like, oh, you know, five years ago they shouldn't have done this. Like, they shouldn't have. I'm the same person that did an entire essay and presentation in uni about whitewashing in. Uh, live action adaptions of anime yeah um and it's not whitewashing's not the biggest issue either it's also the issue of just asian representation in hollywood specifically because they'll just cast any old asian actor in any old asian role especially in like because i talked about the ghost in the shell film because obviously scarlett johansson playing playing a robot with uh, with a japanese brain like you can argue okay it's a robot um, but it is meant to be a Japanese robot. Um, but yeah, if you, exactly. but for people that actually 
actually watch the original Ghost in the Shell anime film, it's a it's a multicultural film. There's like Americans in the film. It's not just Japanese. Like it's a blend. It's meant to be. Yeah. I'm not going to defend it. Like I think I do think Scarlett Johansson's good. Like she was a good choice for that role, but they could have found someone Japanese to do it. Yeah. Like, um, but then there's a lot of things of like they'll cast they cast certain act like a Singaporean actor as a Chinese man, for example, stuff like that. Actually, that's literally that's yeah. Shin Han uh, in Dark. He's from Singapore, but he plays a Chinese man in The Dark Knight. Oh, like specifically Chinese, but he's not from China. He's from Singapore, I think. Like things yeah, like it's things like that. that. It's like they don't. They just like, oh, you're Asian, cool. Um, but no, yeah, yeah. White, of course, whitewashing's bad, and you can see that they're 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 sort of trying not to do that anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, Chin yeah. Han's from Singapore, um, but I can't. No, it's no, you can't justify whitewashing. No, hundred percent. Like it's impossible to justify whitewashing, because the only way people try to justify it is like, oh, it's an interpretation. Thank you, again. Kate, Katrin. It's probably Kat. I think it's Katrin. Um, the way that name is said. Katrin. Um, but apologies if we said it wrong. But thank you so much for your question. But I think that brings us to the end of the show. But before, before we leave you, before we, before we say farewell for another week, we now have a bunch of social media um, that you can contact us at. So as well as speaking of uh, which, um. I might change our Twitter app because it's n- it's going to be hard to say RSTSM every week. Oh yeah, for sure. It's yeah. just in the setup. That's all I could think of at the time. Yeah, so I'll change and our two Twitter smoking, app. Two smoking, two smoking microphones was wasn't allowed. Wasn't it? For some reason, no. It was either it was either too long or it was already gone. I think it might have been too long. Two smoking mics. Oh shit! Yeah. Or two smoking po- um, pod. <laughs> but anyway, so before we get so, you know, as well as our own uh, social medias that we'll get to in a minute, you can now contact us on our Facebook page, which is Rocksbox and Two Smoking Microphones. You can follow us on Instagram, Two Smoking Microphones, or as we just said on Twitter. At the moment, it's RSTSM Podcast, but we probably will change that. Um, but we also have an email account that you can send all your questions and queries and thoughts and opinions to and that's just simply two smoking microphones pod at gmail.com um so go follow all of those we you know we're posting on the instagram very regularly uh, we do little adverts before the episodes come out um and yeah it's good for you guys to kind of get in contact with us and give us your feedback give us your questions and this that and the other um, obviously we do have our own social medias as well which Connor is now going to tell you one second brilliant see that guys I really <laughs> just really went for it there really went for it and was like go on Connor carry on he went no uh, I've, ch- I've changed the username for Twitter brilliant there we go and our new Twitter account is two smoking mics Mike M-I-C-S there you go. So follow us on Twitter at Two Smoking Mics, Instagram Two Smoking Microphones, Facebook Rocksbox and Two Smoking Microphones, or our Gmail Two Smoking Microphones Pod at gmail.com. Um, you can contact us and follow us at any of those. 
Um, Connor also no. has a Twitter, which is... I do. Uh, at Connor Jordan underscore 96. Um, I don't have anything else to add. And, <laughs> and I also have a Twitter account called the Doc 81 and a blog called the Review Lab at reviewlab.org. Um, but yeah, so follow us all on there. Give us some, give us some feedback. Give us some opinions. Uh, send us some questions. We do love to read them out on the show. Um, next week will be another topic, but also a bit of a recap on Star Wars: The Bad Batch, which will be fun. Yeah, maybe. Um, <laughs> maybe. Who knows? Maybe we'll change our minds. Maybe it won't be fun. Maybe we'll make it mediocre and mundane. Maybe we'll watch something really, really bad and hate ourselves. Oh, let's do it. No, because I don't like watching bad things. Oh, we will. We mate, will. I didn't will. even... I didn't mate, I didn't think Army of the Dead was a bad film, but I didn't enjoy watching it. <laughs> so... Yeah, that's, fair. that's fair. I don't want to um, watch bad things. I don't want to sit there with my head in my hands being like, when will this end? I'll tell you what I'm going to watch tonight, though. What? Eurovision. Who's in it at the moment? Who's made it to the end? Uh, UK's in it again. I don't think Australia's made it this time. I don't even know if they've entered this time. Well, they're not in Um, Europe, so they shouldn't be. Yeah, I know. (laughs) But um, I don't know about Ireland, actually. I don't know if Ireland made it. But yeah, we're in it. I remember people, like, obviously talking about the song that Israel has chosen to sing. Or say chosen the, the oh, well, they tra- I've not heard it uh, but they had a, a, they, I can't remember what it was but it was a song that's very contradictory to what's happening in the country right now you know um, with everything that Israel's doing at the moment to the Palestinians yeah and obviously look we're not going to get into that but no we're not uh, uh, but you but know we thoughts, pay attention to politics with, of course yeah and obviously our thoughts and thoughts are with all of those that have been affected also, uh, yeah, well, our thoughts are with the Palestinians that don't get care about the Israelis that are doing this stuff at the moment. <laughs> no, so, I mean, yeah. no, I mean, like the, the family and the kids they're affected, you know. Yeah, the, of course. The, yeah, yeah. Our thoughts and love are with them. Do you want something I um, wanted? I thought about that was pretty because you know uh, everyone started, you know, going at Gal Gadot for a bit. Yeah. Um, do you remember how, like, a couple of months ago, she came out and said that Joss Whedon threatened to ruin her career? When, oh, yeah. when then she came out and tried to do it herself. <laughs> and on that note... <laughs> on that note, it's time to end. Everyone, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for your support and all your love. We do really appreciate it. Like we said, give us our follows on our, on our social media handles. Please do. Send in a question to the Gmail. Um we really do appreciate it I've had a couple of people come up to me at work as well and and uh, say that they've been listening and enjoying it didn't we have a question a that we were going to turn into a topic that we have talked about on the podcast we do actually the last Jedi we one. do you know yeah it was from my uh, friend Rob Veriard who also has uh, his own podcast and a Twitch channel uh, Rob B93 if I remember rightly he does the the Key Yard podcast but his question was about um the Last Jedi and the Rise of Skywalker mm-hmm. that we said we were going to turn into a actual topic at some point, which I think will definitely be very interesting to talk about. Um, so we can definitely do that at some point. Yeah, I do want to rewatch all those films still, so we could try and do it. We could try and do that next week. Uh, yeah, I'm like you. I want to rewatch 
the sequel trilogy. I mean, so I would say I've got more more than more than you to rewatch then. <laughs> well, let's well if we if we manage to rewatch them yeah. by the next week, we'll do it next week. If I not, just thought because we'll for the week after, yeah, because I thought we could then do we could do our bad batch recaps uh, from the last few episodes, and then we could then talk about that. Maybe yeah, we'll see. Do. We'll see. I'll aim. I'll aim. Yeah, we'll see. It. It. Let's see if we can get them watched this week. If not, we'll definitely do it for the week after. Yeah, we don't plan ahead with this podcast. We just do what we think of the day before usually. <laughs> yeah, we like to. We like to live in the moment. Like, remember that 2015 one we were gonna do? <laughs> we should probably do that at some point. Ugh, I still gotta watch those films though. <laughs> yeah, we'll do it at some point. At some um, point. it's on the list. But yeah, as always, thank you so much for listening. Stay safe. Um, we love you very much. Um, I don't. Keep the love alive. Thank you for listening.